This is the Answers from Leadership podcast, and I'm your host, Joseph Lalonde. Each episode, we bring you answers from the best and brightest in leadership. So sit back and get ready. Here comes Answers from Leadership. Today we have Steve Cochran with us. Steve is the co-founder of Giant Worldwide and travels extensively teaching and consulting with senior executives and their teams all over the world. From the likes of the British government and multinational corporations to small startups in Sheffield, UK or Atlanta, Georgia. Steve, what else do you want listeners to know about you? Gosh, this is a good question, Joe. Um, I think it's probably worth knowing that I have a long-suffering wife of 24 years and three daughters that really uh, consume a fair amount of my time. And that I used to be an athlete, but like most athletes, my body is now decaying. So I've moved my competitive instincts into business. And, you know, we all face difficulties in leadership. Um, What difficulties have you encountered and what have you learned from these challenges? Gosh, um, I would say that just about all of the giant worldwide content and material has come out of um, our failure and the things we've got wrong. So very few people have the privilege or to go through everything from a, um, a, a business that failed through administration or I think chapter 11 in your mind through liquidation and all that, all the way through broken partnerships where I thought, I own slightly more of a business than it turned out I did. So I think once you've dealt with the the reality, which is um, both with people and ideas and uh, some of your dreams, and a couple of times in my life, pretty much all of my money um, and resources have disappeared, I would say they've been almost the the kind of the education. I always say um, it's probably a true MBA rather than necessarily the one that you uh, graduate from in a classroom. Um, I hope I've become slightly more mature in how I deal with things, and certainly most of our, um, pretty much all we teach other leaders is really saying to them, guys, please make different mistakes from the ones we've made. So probably I'm glad for those uh, leadership challenges and failures, but I think you only really know about those things when you actually go through it. Every leader has a unique way of leading. I believe you at Giant Worldwide call this a leadership voice. Can you tell us a little bit more about leadership voices? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think the first thing we say is that every leader is unique. And I think the reason for that is we, we've studied quite a lot about, I guess, on the personality side of how leaders are wired. Um, so each of us has our nature, the kind of the, the way that we were made, almost that DNA that we carry. But we talk a lot also about nurture and choice as the other two equal components that define the way we lead and what it's like when people experience our behaviors in the real world. So even though somebody may have a similar nature to you, uh, nobody has the same nature, nurture, sorry. No one has the same upbringing. No one has the same parents. No one has the same schooling, successes, failures, all those things that go into nurture. And all of us make unique choices, um, some of which most of which were good, but for a lot of us, by the time we reach the middle of our lives, we realize we look back and go, do you know, I'd quite like that one again. So we talk about the the voice as what it is people truly experience on the other side of you. What's it like to be on the other side of your leadership? What do they truly hear? Even if you think you're trying to communicate something completely different, we've learned um, often through pain ourselves, but certainly through working with leaders, that what you think you've communicated is often not what is heard. And sometimes even you can be 
writing what you say, but the way you say it causes the people on the other end to reject it. So your leadership voice is what do people truly hear and how do they engage with you in that external environment? I imagine it's pretty hard for us to know how we're coming across to other people. How do you find out your leadership voice and how people are hearing you? Um, so, yes, I think, I think the first thing I'd say is if you're asking the question, I wonder what people really hear, you're already making the journey towards that kind of self-awareness of what we call knowing yourself to lead yourself. And in terms of voices, what we really did was we took um, the power of Jungian type. So for those in the past who've done things like Myers-Briggs or whatever that might be, we've done a lot of work developing that still further. And what we really did was to say, here's an assessment called the five voices that boiled 16 types almost down into five and tried to make them characters with characteristics that people would resonate with and said, do you know, all of us speak all five of these voices. So we have the pioneer, the connector, the creative, the guardian, the nurturer. But certain voices, as it were, a bit like a menu or a recipe, are more dominant or more prevalent in the way people experience us. So people hear from me more of the pioneer and connector so that usually means I'm always driving hard towards vision to achieve things and selling with menace along the way. What they don't tend to hear as much is what we would call the nurturer voice, that more caring, compassionate, sensitive, empathetic concern for what's going on in the present. So our, our voice is a combination of the five, but we've been able really to show people by the way they're wired, but also by their themselves doing the assessment themselves, actually to get an insight into how they are heard and how they're experienced and even things like what weapons do does your voice bring to the table around a team so apparently i carry a grenade launcher which is shoulder launched and without realizing it for many years what i thought was just good hard honest banter and discussion between members of a team turned out that basically i was uh, firing grenades across the table and assuming that that was a sport others wanted to play with me so assume then that silence was agreement. Uh, what it turned out was it wasn't so much agreement. It was more, Steve, you're totally wrong, and we know you are, but we're not prepared to die today because in some ways we don't have any protection against that grenade launcher pioneer voice that you have. Yeah, so it sounds like at one point you actually didn't know what your voice was, and now you're coming into that. Um, <laughs> yes, I think, Joe, the... Um, um, most of our learning usually is when we're aware of our conscious incompetence. So I often say I was probably one of the least emotionally mature uh, 32-year-olds. Um, not that I knew it or that my poor, long-suffering wife, Helen, was able to communicate that to me. And friends of mine, I think, took pity on her and paid for me to go and study Myers-Briggs and Fire OB when I think I was 33. And... Um, that was really a journey of self-awareness and being the kind of character I am, the more I learned, the more stunned I was at how predictable behavior was and that if I was going to go through the pain of um, understanding what it was like to be on the other side of me, I'm sure I could allow others into that journey too. So part of my, I guess, redemptive process has been saying, how can I help others not make the same mistakes I made? How can I at least give them uh, an understanding of what they really sound like and ultimately how can we use that knowledge 
to create what we would call, I guess, highest the high-performing teams. But you'd be amazed how many families are also deeply impacted when parents and children begin to understand this is what my voice sounds like and this is the, the force with which it comes across. But also, I guess, learning to value what each voice brings. There is a huge inbuilt arrogance from certain voices um, that tend to be the louder, more dominant voices. And it's been a big, I think, journey of discovery, realizing that probably something like 73 to 80% of voices represented by the nurturers, the guardians, and creatives are rarely heard in the average corporate team because in the end, the pioneer and the connectors tend to dominate the environment. Therefore, teams always perform at less than their full capacity, usually by a considerable uh, margin in, in our experience. How does knowing your voice help you lead better? <laughs> so, um, how does knowing my voice? So, I'm a, what I know is I know what my strengths are and I know what my areas for growth and development are. And rather than sometimes trying to do it all myself, what I've realized are is that there are different people truly with different and giftings and passions than the ones I've had. So being the kind of character I am, I'm an ENTP, pioneer connector. Um, I hate what I would call administrative tasks and details. They kind of bore me. And so for years, I felt incredibly guilty asking people to do project management, asking them to do details, asking them to do that, until I realized that 73% of people are actually wired and love doing detail work. In fact, they find it much more life-giving and fulfilling than trying to dream and change the world and create things that don't exist yet. So I think one of the things for me, I suppose, it's taught me how to create the environment where other people get to bring their best to the table, where they actually are able to bring their contribution and I can actually affirm them and encourage them in that process. So most leadership, you asked me, I think, a while back, you know, what do I think leadership is? I think the most effective leaders I've ever met are those who know their own strength, know their own areas of weakness, and can create an environment where all of the people they work with are able to bring their best to the table as well. And in our experience, that simply does not happen by accident. Unless you're intentional and you have some tools and understanding by which to do that, you simply will not find it by accident. Do you encourage others to find out what their team members' voices are as well? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd say that the primary application of this lens has been in in helping teams function more effectively. And so therefore we have a, an assessment that we use where, where people are able to, you know, either we come into the organization and do it, but there'll be a, a free video course that you can work with with your teams where, but basically I just spend about 10, 12 minutes describing each voice in details. What do they bring at their best? You know, what are, their, what are, they, what are they basically thinking even if they're not telling you? Um, what are the questions they're really asking and what's the negative impact when they don't behave well. So anyone who wants to use Five Voices can just simply go to uh, fivevoices.com and you'll find there there will be a link to basically a free online video series that you can watch individually, you can watch as a team. And it's really uh, an assessment, Joe, so therefore beware. All assessments are limited, far more limited than the people who wrote them would like you to believe 
because it doesn't necessarily tell you your nature, but what it does tell you is how you are currently behaving in a team environment. So therefore, it is at least, it provokes conversation. And I think what we found is, it's when you create language that becomes common to a group of individuals in a team, they're actually able to have the difficult conversations without it necessarily proving to be um, accusatory or people are immediately becoming defensive. So if you get a whole team where everyone knows what their voice order is and they understand what we call the rules of engagement, how to get the best from each individual, they're aware of the weapon system they carry, they're aware of the impact when they're immature and they don't behave well, what we found is that the team performance changes dramatically um, because it's it's not complicated, but it is something that you just need to, you can learn and develop in as a group of people. Yeah, I think you kind of answered my next question right there, but I want to kind of dig into it a little bit deeper. It was going to be, do you recommend communicating your voice to your team? And it sounds like the answer is yes. Absolutely. Um, I think that um, with the... With the organizations we work with, sometimes they will use five voices across the whole organization and they keep a database as well. So that a lot of, um, a lot of organizations now, teams are not as static as they used to be. And so therefore, being able to invest something into maybe two or 3,000 people, in the old days, you do it with one team and then when the team disbanded, all the learning effectively would be wasted. This is almost like a common vocabulary and language for leadership um, that's simple, easy to remember. And what we found is people will join a new team, maybe to bid for a new contract or maybe a project team. And the first thing the team leader will do is basically say, I'd love to know everyone's voice order because here's mine. So it basically allows you to understand who the people are and they're able to share with you in many ways their own self-discovery of who they are. So it's almost creating those, those common vocabulary language that everyone uses, and it's simple enough that basically it's not difficult to learn. The problem with all my Jedi mind tricks on personality type, Joe, was everyone loves it when the guru's in town, but you needed an expert to interpret it. I wrote five voices so that you wouldn't need an expert, so that basically you can use this almost immediately in every area of your life. So, you know, we often say that everything Giant does has to be um, an educated 13-year-old has to be able to understand it, use it, and teach it to their friends. So Five Voices was really our version of a, a quite a profound lens of what's it like to be on the other side of your leadership, but simple enough that my educated 13-year-old, uh, Izzy at the time, could understand it, use it, and teach it to her friends at school. We found that that's the only criteria which allows learning to go across a whole organization because most leader development is too complicated or it requires an expert to interpret the data. And Five Voices is, well, we, we've seen it so many times now, transcends those natural barriers because it's been designed for simplicity and so that it can be used without an expert being present. I love that mindset right there that, you know, it should be that these processes and ideas should be understandable to, you know, somebody as young as 13. I mean, I think a lot of times we make things way too difficult. Well, I think you'll find that um, most, most professions create vocabulary and language to preserve their 
specialization and effectively keep others out. So whether you're doctors or whether you're leadership academics, um, you tend to write in a way that basically is for your kind of your constituent group. So if I'm writing my PhD thesis as a leadership guru, I will write in a language and methodology which really makes it inaccessible to about 99% of people. So in, in some ways, we are almost the antithesis of this. And Because one of our passions, you see, is, is multiplication. And our great challenge to, you know, I guess, even, even the most wonderful. So if you get a chance to go on Harvard's eight weeks, you know, management exec course, it's amazing. But the challenge is, can you bring back what you learned and use it with your team? And in our experience, even the most transformatory process of being an MBA, an exec coach, going on you know, a week's residential, whatever it might be, and we've, we've done most of these things, our experience was no one could translate it back into their organization when they went home. And so therefore, I guess part of our DNA of who we are as giant is saying <laughs> our criteria of the educated 13-year-old stops us creating things that are only accessible to the people we teach. Because we found that in, a, in every organization, if you really want to create language and vocabulary everyone can use, you have to make it simple. And in our experience, you have to make it visual and story-based so people connect with it. Because most adults, in our experience, have, we say most adults have got attention deficit disorder, they're deeply cynical, they haven't got enough time, and they think they've done it all before. So five voices has been one of those things which has been... You know, we expect people to engage with that level of uh, cynicism. We're pleasantly surprised if they don't. But within an hour, two hours, you'll find that basically people are owning this, using it, and they can take it home. So we've got stories of, you know, parents who take it home from business and do it with their kids. But everything is designed to be a 13-year-old. And, you know, we, in some ways, if people would like it more complicated, there are lots of other offerings out there that are complicated this is one that is profound um, and has a level of depth to it, but it's simple enough that you'll understand it immediately. You'll laugh about it, which is another important thing, and you can take it home or back to your team or wherever your leadership is actually being exercised. Awesome. Um, and I know as we get older, lots of traits about us change. Our attitudes and opinions change depending on experiences we've faced. Does our voice change over time, or does it stay fairly consistent? Yeah, good question. Um, and what I'd say, Joe, is the difference between nature, nurture, and choice again. So in my opinion, nature doesn't change. So the way that you're wired, the way that you were created almost with that kind of DNA that's unique to you means your voice order by nature doesn't change. So... By nature, I am a pioneer, connector, creative, guardian, nurturer. Now, when I did the assessment online um, to trial the new one they're doing a week ago, I came out as pioneer, connector, guardian, creative, nurturer. So the assessment gives you an indication of whatever stage of life you are, what is the pressure that you feel under right now, maybe in the environment is having an impact on you or the choice. So for me at the moment in laying foundations of content and really having to drill into a lot more detail than my nature would be, my guardian voice 
the custodian, as it were, the detail, the due diligence, all of the things that the guardian brings, I'm doing more of that in my everyday leadership at the moment. So therefore, it's been elevated so people are hearing it a little bit more. Now, we've done it with, and I think what we find, Joe, is that that most people, the voices don't stay exactly by nature, but the big issue is when people, for whatever reason, almost lose themselves because their main voices by nature get relegated. I remember doing a, um, one of these sessions a few weeks ago with a gentleman from the, the, the British Foreign Office, and he was, his nature said he should have been a pioneer by first voice, but he put it as fourth, <laughs> and he's going, I don't think this assessment works. It makes no sense to me. Why is it? You're saying it should be first, and pioneer for me is now fourth. So I said, well, can you think of anything that you've gone through in your leadership story or experience, maybe by nurture or choice, that might have caused that to happen? And he said, well, I guess there was the time when the business I started went bankrupt and we lost everything and I vowed I'd never, ever do that again. So <laughs> kind of then he went, oh, I, I see what you're saying. So what had happened was in many ways, an experience in his leadership environment had led to a deliberate choice which said, I am not going to put myself or my family in that position again. So the pioneer voice, the one who's always looking towards the frontier, the big win, the opportunity to shape and vision the future, had basically got relegated. So that voice had become a lot quieter and he'd become a lot more risk-averse and therefore, the guardian had got elevated considerably higher than nature would have suggested. I mean, come back to me if any of that doesn't make sense, Joe. No, I, I think that makes sense to me. So you're saying our experiences in life can impact the way we express our voices. So the environment does. So our nurture, so, the, so if we're doing a particular job or a particular role within a job, then that will shape the voice that people hear. And the other thing we found is your, your fifth voice by nature is usually your conscious incompetence. So that's the one that you know you're not very good at. So nurturer for me was my fifth voice by nature and when I take the assessment. So what I know is I've had to work really hard consciously to try and make that voice a little bit stronger so that people experience me as genuinely caring for them, being more sensitive to the environment around me, being more aware, I guess, of the impact on people of the big strategic decision-making that's my strength. So what I've done is I've kind of elevated that. And the other thing we'd say is your fourth voice by nature is often your unconscious incompetence. It's one that you actually think you're better that than you actually turn out to be. So Guardian was my unconscious incompetence. It was only really when we started trying to build out all of the content and frameworks for Giant Worldwide, I realized Jeremy and I would get frustrated that so many of our associates didn't seem to be able to do what we did as easily as we did it. And it turned out the real issue was we'd not provided the guardian detail and roadmap. And so therefore, I've spent a long time in the last couple of years really mining out how do we make simple our unconscious competence. And that's the reason, Joe, why multiplication is so much harder um, than people realize, particularly for 
if you you know people who are highly skilled at what they do and they get frustrated that the people they're with don't seem to be able to do it as easily as they think they should and that's really because it's it's almost impossible to multiply unconscious competence you have to drill it down and ask the question well why did i do that because you can only really apprentice and develop in your team in your conscious competence and that's really tiring at times and requires in my case giving people the chance that I'm training to ask lots of questions because it's usually when they ask questions they access part of my unconscious competence which really would have unlocked things a lot sooner and how, how did you find you said that number four is typically your unconscious um, um, incompetence incompetence yes your unconscious incompetence is, is that something you should work on your unconscious incompetence or you know should you stay in those stronger voices um, so two questions there what I'd say is um, I think it's really helpful to become aware of any unconscious incompetence but the difference is we're not trying to say to people you need to become equally skilled at all five so for me maturity is when you know what it is you bring. Usually our first two voices by nature are us at our best. And the real skill is to say, how do I get to a point where I can access and value the contribution the other voices bring? So most of us tend to have two voices that are really naturally us, and we find it really easy to hear those, to value them, and to bring them to the table. But most of us have two voices that are much harder for us to access and therefore much harder for us to value. And if our voices, not every voice has equal volume, unfortunately. So if you happen to be, like me, a pioneer connector, which are the two loudest, uh, most dominant voices in a team, then basically, until I understand how, I don't create an environment where those other nurture creative voices, the quieter, more sensitive voices actually get a chance to play so maturity for me is not i speak all five fluently but to know what i bring at my best but to create an environment where the other voices are truly valued affirmed and you take the time create the environment where they feel safe to share their opinions in a team even though i know as a pioneer i look like i'm wearing robocop body armor and carrying a grenade launcher I've had to teach them over time that I'm not going to use it on them because in the beginning they look across the table and go, if I say something wrong, is Steve going to shoot me down? That was my immaturity. That was the unconscious incompetence, I guess, Joe. And what I'm saying is the voices have given me and given many others now a way of knowing themselves and also how to create the environment where others can be the best they can be as well. That's a really exciting thing. But in my experience, I look back and go, gosh, I would never have got there without help. Um, and in many ways, having some tools to help me do that. All right. A great answer. What do you wish you would have known about leadership 10 years ago? <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, what do I wish I'd known 10 years ago? I, I, I think 
I think kind of the, the reason I'm slow to answer is because 10 years ago was really I was in the beginning of the journey of self-awareness for me. So in some ways, um, that journey had already begun. But I think, I think for me, I really wish I'd more fully understood the impact I had on every environment in which I was present. I don't think I fully understood the, the dominance of the voice I brought to the table, even in my family, let alone the team and the organization. So I think part of the reason why I sometimes sound a little bit like an evangelist for this stuff is that in many ways it, it, it's given me a way of being able to truly help people be the best they can be. And, you know, I think that's the thing. If I look back, ten, if I'd known that 10 years ago, I'd have probably been an awful lot more effective in what I was doing then. I probably would have um, incinerated less people with my shoulder launch grenade, and I'd have been at a place of creating synergy for my team, let alone the teams we worked with a lot earlier. So that, that would be, I think, my if I could go back 10 years, I really wish I'd known myself and the impact my voice had on others. All right. Love that answer. Now, as we wrap up, do you have anything else you'd like to share with listeners? Um, only just, I guess, if they've got this far in the, the podcast to say thank you and to, and to really hear that basically there is no such thing as accidental synergy in teams. Our experience with the diagnostic tool we use at the beginning it tells us that most teams function at between 50 and 60% of their capacity. And um, whatever it is you're leading, whether it's a school, whether it's a small business, whether it's a large business, there are certain what we call kind of key indicators of the performance of a team, whether that's alignment, synergy, relationships, communication, capacity, or execution. And those key metrics... Every team in the world can be better than it is right now. And I truly believe that five voices, if you can put that vocabulary and language and understanding into the relational dynamics of your teams, you will find that even without any external help, it will make a difference to the performance of teams. And I guess building high-performing teams is our absolute passion. And this is one of our kind of key tools and vocabulary so it's free you can you don't have to buy the book you can go online and do the free online video assessment and course first of all Uh, the book really is for those um, who want to go deeper still because there's a lot of stories in the book of the people in different organizations with different voices and their journey and the difference it's made for them so we've tried to create a way that everyone can play with this resource whether you like reading or whether you like watching or whether you like doing assessments but there is a depth and a insight in what five voices brings that will change the way you lead and the way that you interact with those in your team so you know that's me selling and you'll forgive me if i if i do that but i i am very passionate about it and i've just seen it help so many people so thrilled to offer that to your to your listeners joe right, no. thank you Stephen. thank you for being on the show where can listeners find you online? Um, so our website is uh, giantworldwide.com. Um, you'll find all the links to the courses that are there. Fivevoices.com obviously is a, a website that we've, we've built. Um, I'm Steve Cochran. So I have Facebook, LinkedIn, all the other things that they insist on. So 
always happy for people to reach out with questions or anything they want. And Jeremy, I think, is just Jeremy Cube. Check our names on the book on the website. We're Facebook, we're LinkedIn, we're Twitter. We love really talking with people. We love um, happily answering questions. We do regular webinars on uh, all the things we do. And again, there is always free. So a chance really to, to help um, leaders and help people. As we say, our great desire is you might as well make different mistakes from the ones we've made. And in my case, I've made an awful lot. So in some ways, I'm, I'm often a better guy than someone who was emotionally intelligent when they started life. All right. Thank you again, Steve. I look forward to sharing your message with the audience. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate your time today. I love this interview with Steve. He shared his heart and his vision for helping leaders find their voice. I hope you enjoyed the podcast as well. As always, I want to do a quick recap of the show. Um, the first thing, we can learn so much from failure. In fact, almost all of Giant Worldwide content has come from past failures. Stop hiding from your failures and begin to embrace it. Next, when you discover your voice, you're able to better serve those you lead. Not only that, you'll be able to help encourage other team members to begin using their strengths. Last, when you start to apply the five voices concept to your team, they will begin to function more effectively. Now, if you're interested in learning more about Steve, Giant Worldwide, and Five Voices, head over to the show notes page at jmlalone.com slash 007. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, would you mind heading over to iTunes and leaving a rating and review for the show? You can find the link to iTunes in the show notes page as well. Thanks for listening in, and I'll see you next time.